we talk about video games? I know I just really like getting real hyped up at the beginning get of the hyped. show. I don't know. It's where I get my energy from since we shoot this in the morning and we're all sort of still waking up. I'm Ashley. I'm Gus. I'm Adam. And this episode is brought to you by Beachbody On Demand. We'll talk a little bit more about them uh, in a bit. But uh, before we get into all our topics for the day, we're going to talk God of War. Uh -huh. We're going to talk about some of the stuff that's happening in uh, video game news. What you been playing? Have you been playing anything that's not got to work? I've played a little, so uh, a little tiny post update on The Witcher. I uh, played a little more before God of War uh, came in. So I'm still playing Blood and Wine. That is a fantastic game. That's pretty much all I have to say. My dad is also now playing. Uh, he's in. He, uh, he got his controller. He's playing. He texted me. I think it was like uh, Sunday. And he's like, I got up at 9 today to play an hour of The Witcher. And I played five hours. And then he texted me later on in the day. He's like, I killed the griffin first try. I'm like, Dad, this is so great. <laughs> uh, so so that's, that's The Witcher. I'm also, I got someone tweeted me like The Witcher school prices. They're like three grand or something. To go, okay. I'm like, oh man, I really kind of want to do it. What does maybe, that mean? Maybe next year. Oh, you weren't, you haven't been here. First off, welcome back. I've yeah, been it's here. been it's, ages it's since been, we've it's done been a week or two together. Yeah, uh, you've the, been traveling, been traveling and running and around, in and crazy meetings and doing presentations. It's been busy. Gus has been busy for a couple weeks. Yeah, going back. Um, so there's a. The I've, been, I've been into The Witcher, as you may know. I, I, I do know that. Um, and someone tweeted me that there's a thing called Witcher School, and it's a thing in Poland where. For three days, you are role-playing in a castle as, <laughs> as a witcher student. And, like, you're doing sword fighting and archery and, like, feasts and all this fun shit. I'm like, man, that sounds Sign me up That sounds pretty feasts. cool. It sounds fucking awesome. $3,000? Somewhere in that range. I, I don't remember the exact price. But, like, there's also, um, there's, uh, da, ba, ba, I cannot remember the words. There's really good photography of it if you want to check it out. Um, but it looks it looks fantastic. So that's that's my Witcher update. And then I played God of War, uh, which we can talk more about. This popular sequel uh, for uh, War Gods, War Gods, the N64 game. Uh, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I've uh, I've been like so busy. I haven't had a chance to play too much. But of course, I've been playing the PUBG Savage map since that's in testing right now. How's that? It's only it's only on the experimental server. I think I might like it more than Irongal. And I think it's definitely better than Miramar. It is, the game is so much more fun on that smaller map. Because it changes the pace up quite a bit, doesn't it? It makes yeah. it a lot faster. Yeah, it's absolutely a lot faster. And uh, uh, I don't know, there's like a little more, there's a few more bridges. There's even some like foot bridges that you can't necessarily take a vehicle onto. And I think the, the terrain's great. The one complaint I have is the sound of the metal doors on that map are the stuff of nightmares. It's so loud and jarring. Hopefully they fix that. Have, have you been keeping up? There's like some, some drama. Uh, like people are like Fortnite is great, but the PUBG players that hate Fortnite are dicks. And there's like people on two sides of that argument. And uh, man, I've never seen so much drama surrounding two games. <laughs> like that are like they're not even like being put head to head. People are just doing that. Like people are instigating that problem. Well, it, yeah. you know, it, it's a lot like, uh, like console wars or anything else. People basically sign up for a team, and then that's their team, and they will defend it at all costs. And right. if they sign up for Fortnite, they're wrong. You're, you see, you're, sure. you're part of the problem. <laughs> uh. you know, although, uh, it's also interesting to see the number of people that did migrate uh, either from PUBG or who picked up Fortnite because it was free and were like, hey, and that's all it took was being free. Yeah, I mean, free is a good thing, especially like if you're a high school kid and like you don't have a lot of money, but all your friends are playing this game, like, of course you're going to hop on. Right. Sure. Well, like, it makes it easy and accessible, too, because there's no barrier to getting all of your friends involved. Yep. Yeah, and, uh, and free is a good price. Yeah, it is. There's so much that's going to happen in the Battle Royale space, though. We're already hearing that... So we already heard Red Dead Redemption 2 will probably have some sort of Battle Royale. Call of Duty, Black ooh, Ops 4, going to do Battle Royale. A train heist with 100 people competing to rob a train. For and only Red one Dead? person can... Imagine the town maybe, shootout. Maybe Rome, yeah. maybe gangs. Maybe gangs of 10 people are, are competing to rob a train. Yeah. Oh. So I, li I, I like possibilities I like there. different different themes for for battle royale. I might be in like, like western theme. I might be in. I like this idea of like a moving objective that everyone's trying to chase down, as opposed to like being corralled into an area. Your objective is moving, and everyone has to go to that area right. in order to, uh, to to try to win. You know, and especially if it's moving, that's going to mix it up right. a bunch too. Uh, and then uh, reportedly, Battlefield is also testing a battle royale mode. So. Just saying. We, we hope you it. like Battle Royale. Just saying we called it, 
Uh, it is the new horn <laughs> mode. Everything is going to have murders us. Uh, the last of 100. Halo 6 Combat Royale. Yeah. It's going to be. 100. That's awesome. It's going to be everywhere. The Halo 6 logo looks strangely not like the previous Halo logos. It looks strangely <laughs> amateurish and not, <laughs> not quite official for some reason. Weird. I wonder how that happened. <laughs> so very, I'm curious to see what will happen sort of with that genre or with that mode once there are so many games doing it because it is one of those games that seems like it takes a higher population to continue supporting it mm -hmm. because if every match is 100 people you you need a lot more people playing yeah but True. it's just me but i do like the idea of a western one yeah i mean i'll, I'll give it a shot i'm excited for red dead period the game's fucking awesome All right. it's been weeks gus what have you been playing <laughs> just PUBG. that's it yeah, I said I've been really, I've been busy. That's all I've had time for. I, to, well, no, but I thought that you out. might like you know, play one or two other yeah, things. Three, possibly. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Far Cry Five. I still haven't finished it. I think I'm getting close to finishing it. Uh, Do you like it? I really loved it at first, and then I'm liking it less as I go on. Uh, I don't know if that's going to change. I didn't. Did you? Which area did you go into first? Uh, John Seed. So the bottom left. Yeah, bottom left. Yeah, yeah that's. The best area in the game, and the rest of them are. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I'm discovering. Yeah, the I other two are like kind of. So there's a reason they recommended you go to that area. They're first. like, we put all the effort yeah. into this area. The rest of it's kind of boring. Like, dude, I was like genuinely impressed by the first area, but the, the other two areas are like not the best. But the best companions are in the other areas. Yes, cheeseburger is the Look, best I, companion I, in pretty much any game. I love and you can pet the doggo. Too. I love the hustle sticks, but comparing it to cheeseburger, the bear, and peaches, the cougar. I mean, they did. They did a really smart thing, adding a pet button in that game, like to be able to. Dude, pet them. being able to yeah. pet the uh, being pet able to pet a cougar yeah. is so cool, and a bear. Yeah. Like I, say, I do like that the dog marks stuff for you. Yeah. Yeah, but they, they each have their own things. So the dog, the dog will mark killed. things, but he also has a tendency to run in and start fights before I'm ready. Yeah. Where uh, Peaches will do silent takedowns, mm. which is awesome. I do like the silent takedowns. Uh, and Cheeseburger will just sit on, he'll will just sit on everything. It's fine. He'll just rolls over all of it. He's a heavy. So I dig that. And also I love that his collar has cheeseburgers on it. It's yeah. Great. It's cute. It's great. Uh, but I would agree with you. I think the, I think John Seed's area is definitely the highlight. I love the pumpkin patches. Oh my God. Sure. The, the, the visually, has such good set pieces there. It, uh, I'm also, I get annoyed though, because I feel like, I don't know if this changes eventually at some point in the game, but I feel like for a large part of the game now, I just hate that airplane that's like always finding you. Uh, I just, I've been traveling a helicopter, so it takes like one bullet to kill an airplane. Yeah, well, you yeah. also got an attack I helicopter an attack immediately helicopter. with the game because of the What's version up? that you got. Because you were playing PS4. I was playing PS4, yeah. Uh, and I was playing Xbox One, and you got, so you got like some crazy edition. I got Deluxe, and it comes with the Deluxe Attack Helicopter. Oh, so I can, I could have paid more for the edition yeah, that oh, it eliminates the problem I'm having? It's quite pay to win, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate, like, I'm like sneaking through the forest, and the pilot's like, oh, I see him, and starts shooting at me. Like, how the fuck did he see me? Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, but what I do in that case is just, uh, in if I'm out in an area, I sometimes just get the pilot as a buddy so he can... Yeah. He can chase yep. them all, that's right, that's right. so that I don't have to worry about them, and then I'll switch them out for one that's useful in combat situations for attacking outposts or whatever. Mm -hmm. But overall, fun game. I yeah, like it. It's good. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm playing it. I get. It. I've been playing mostly God of War. We we got the codes uh, pretty pretty recently. We got them. They came in Saturday night. Mm -hmm. So uh, we put a, a discussion video up. It went up late last night. You are second host. I'm, I'm very second sorry host about that. At Twitter handle. Follow I, uh, me now. Thank I, you. I kind of got sick in the middle of a news read yesterday. I think I have an iron deficiency or something. Huh. So I went home uh, immediately after now. we recorded yesterday and, and basically went to bed and didn't double check the video before I went up. And it's I'm sorry about that. It's fine. I'm not. It's, I'm not. I'm not upset. No, but it. I'm upset. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm sorry. They misspelled <laughs> my name once years ago. What, uh, how did they spell? I don't remember, but Sorolla was misspelled. Yeah, that's funny. It was like it was like two years it's ago. Like it's been a while. Toyota Corolla. Yeah. yeah. We we do that sometimes. We're very very professional. <laughs> but uh, because it came in Saturday, so I basically was uh, at the Ren Fair Saturday. Mm -hmm. Went to the the Sherwood Forest Fair. This weekend is the last weekend. Not sure if I'm going to make it out again. I don't have another dress to wear. Or were they they're done for the season? So there are two Ren Fairs in this area. Yeah. There's the Sherwood Fair. The Sherwood Ferris Fair. The Ferris. Uh, and that goes March, April. I'm not oh. sure if it's open at all in uh, in February, but it's like an eight-week window. Mm -hmm. And then there's the uh, Texas Renaissance 
festival, and that's later in the year. That's the one that we went to last right. year for the Bernie vlog. I just, I just kind of assumed those were open all month besides winter. No, they uh, they, no, they, 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 they close down when the outside catches fire in summer. That's probably for the best. Except that the, the Texas Renaissance Festival is in September, September, October, and then a little bit of November. That's like when the fire so is September going out. Is, yeah, September is still pretty hot in Texas. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, of heat, I've lived without AC in my car for three years, and I got it fixed yesterday, and it's awesome. How Congratulations. did you do that? Uh, it was like very expensive. To it was my compressor. So, and I tried like everything else to fix it, and then I finally took it in. They're like, yeah, it's gonna be like a bajillion dollars. And I was like, I only have half a bajillion dollars, so no thank you. Uh, and finally, I was like, I just, I, I fucking need this. Yeah. I'm so tired of like, and it, it was fine when I was driving, but when, the, when, the, when I'm sitting in traffic and there's no air moving, oh my God. Yeah, well, and we do spend a lot of days over 100 degrees yeah. here in Austin. Well, I know I can handle it. I'm tempered by heat. <laughs> You've been forged. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, basically, because I, I lost Saturday, so I didn't get to play Saturday, so I basically played um, all of Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Was was playing like 8 to 10 hours a day trying to uh, get through the game. A very enjoyable marathon. I, I, I might add. really like that game. Should we, should we, should we talk about it? If that's all, if, if you, that's all you've been playing, let's fucking do it. All right, let's do it. But before we do that, um, I want to say thanks to our sponsor, Beachbody On Demand. This is a sponsor that I'm, I'm very excited about. I'm trying this out now. I've gone on, you know, my, my journey of fitness. I've talked about it here on the show before. Um, but Beachbody On Demand is, um, it's really cool. I didn't know much about it before, but it's a streaming service uh, that gives you access to a wide variety of, of workouts you can do in your living room 24-7, which is awesome. It's the same company behind P90X, Insanity, 21 Day Fix, that kind of stuff. I've done P90X before. I will admit I made it to about day four. <laughs> um, but I, I have some friends that made it all the way through the 90 days, and they were ripped. So I should have stuck with it. Uh, I'm going to try this time. But you can get motivated by celebrity super trainers like Sean T, uh, Shailene Johnson, Tony Horton, uh, several more. There are hundreds of workouts for a bunch of different fitness levels. So ranging from bodybuilding or to weight training to cardio to, um, I don't know if it's an acronym, HIIT or H-I-I-T. That's... That's like a, a level of fitness High knowledge. High intensity interval training. That sounds oh, right. Nice yeah. work, Adam. Um, yoga, dance workouts, that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of variety, which I, I, I like because I enjoy doing my cardio, but then I also realize that if I don't want to be just like skinny fat, I also got to do like weight training and get my sweet muscles so that I have some sweet muscles to expose. Yeah, yeah I guess um, so. And uh, they also, you can view them on your computer or web-enabled TVs or tablets or smartphones. So it's pretty much... Uh, anywhere you can get access to Beachbody On Demand. Um, the three-week yoga thing, I have terrible hip flexor flexi flexibility. So I'm trying to work on that. Yoga is a really big help. Uh, and they've got a like a three-week yoga retreat that's very lovely. I kind of want to do yoga. Yoga's pretty great. I took Bernie to yoga once. Uh, and it, he actually, he says he didn't enjoy it. But I think he really did. <laughs> I, I, I feel like it's something I would like. Yeah. It's like, it's just a, a nice, it's, a, like a stretching session and then you're doing because you're holding poses you do muscle flexing but it doesn't feel like you're like getting after it and going hard <laughs> you're treating yourself sure. and it's really nice you come out of it feeling really great um and so you can try it at home if you want to that sounds well. awesome uh and there's no equipment required so try beachbody on demand it's so accessible you don't need to sit in traffic without your air conditioning <laughs> to get to the gym or anything it just comes to you. So right now, you can get a special free trial membership when you text GLITCH to 303030. 30 30, and you'll get full access to the entire platform for free. That's all the workouts, all the nutrition information, all the support, and that's totally free. Uh, just text GLITCH to 303030. 30 30. And if you want to tweet me the things that you're doing and I'll tweet the things that I'm doing and we can support each other because I do find that holding myself accountable to people beyond me is very helpful because I'm just way too lenient with myself. It's really easy to not do it. Of course. Yep. Um, but it's, you know, I, I actually got tweeted like yesterday, someone going, are you pregnant? And I was like, no, I just gained a lot of weight over the winter. Jesus. Thanks. So, uh, but that's a sign that I should probably do something about it, about my little gut. <laughs> but that comes up that as a comment more than I'd like, so I'm trying to fix it. What? Yeah. 
Hold her accountable. Don't be rude. Speaking, <laughs> right. Speaking of pregnant, uh, let's talk about daddies and gods of war. Okay, so uh, full disclosure, right at the top, we we're trying to be as transparent as possible. We received these codes from Sony. They were pre-release codes. Anyone who's put any content out before the game is out received pre, uh, pre-release Most likely codes received pre-release from codes, yep. Sony. Um, but we we want, we want to disclose it anyway, just to be totally transparent. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but uh, I've played through. I've completed the game. Not 100% of it, but I've completed the the story and some of the side quests. You also completed it. Yeah. Do you know about um, how long it takes you to complete the story? It was like, dude, it was a good 25 to 30 hours. Okay. Yes, and that's without going nuts on the side quests. There is enough to do outside of it, and there's a lot of things that with the I got. I was going through the story. I'd find an area, start fighting something. It just beat me into the ground repeatedly. I'd be like, no, no, there's got to be something I can do. And it turns out, I think I just wasn't meant to do those things yet. Gotcha. There are things that are meant to be done once you complete the game. Yeah, or just when you're higher level. That uh, that whole experience, man, if you like uh, exploration and like uh, collectibles and games and, and little side paths to go on while you're doing a main story, it's so much fun. Yeah, although, so I, you know, fun. I... A lot of people refer to it as open world. It's not. It's definitely it's not. It's not exactly. It's not exactly open world. It's not like I can see that mountain, I can get to the top of that mountain open world. It has branching paths. It does. So there's the the game world is more or less based around this lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the lake is sort of the hub. You can go off in this direction, get to this area, go off in this direction, get to this area. You can basically take a boat that uh, will get you closer to those areas, and then you explore from there. So it's it's not open world, but you can kind of go to a bunch of these places right. um, in in different orders as you like. So it's open in that sense. It's okay. just not, you know, it's just not a full You can't just start walking it's, towards you, the horizon. You have, you have, yeah. a, you have a hub world. You can explore the hub world. And then uh, the other places you go, there are branching paths within those places. Sure. So, but they're, 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 it's very clearly defined. Like, you're going to walk into... X area, and that's going to be segmented off from other areas. You're yeah, just and, that's, go in. and that's going to have like different puzzles that you need to complete to move through the area. Right. You can't just keep walking through it. Do you? Did you all play it on a regular PS4 or PS4 Pro? Regular I, PS4? Mostly PS4 Pro. I okay. played a little bit on uh, the, a base PS4 here in the studio, but mostly I played on a PS4 Pro at home. Mm-hmm. I was like stunned at how well it ran on PS4 Pro. It's it's one of those games like when, when PS4. You, yeah, sorry, basically PS4. When you look at that game, it's like when I first started playing Horizon. I was like, how is this running mm-hmm. on a PS4? Um, and it had there was like in my 25 to 30 hours of, of story playthrough, there was like 10 seconds of of FPS slowdown. A uh, little at the beginning, a little at the end. That's it. Um, so the game the game looks fantastic. Yeah, and and, and I got none of those slowdowns on PS4 Pro, but uh, with Pro you can uh, choose if you want to optimize for frame rate or performance. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I I think it. I'm not sure what it defaulted to. I just left it. It looked amazing and ran really great, so I had no complaints. I had no reason to really change it. Yeah. Um, I I also have spent some time in post game, uh, and there is quite a bit of content. So it's like 25, 30 hours to 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 beat the story, but. I would honestly say that there's anywhere between like 10 and 20 hours of other content to do uh, after you've beaten the game or just as side content. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to, a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, it does seem like, uh, and, I, and I didn't do it this time around. Usually I'm the type of uh, gamer who I'll try to 100% an area or I refuse to move on with the story until... I've completed every possible side quest there is, and there's nothing left to do, and it's all just pushing yeah. me on, like, you you go through your story. You've done it all. Exactly. This time, because I did know that there was something after the game, I felt okay continuing the story and focusing more on that than the side stuff and figured I can come back to all of it sure. because I was really enjoying the story, <laughs> and so I wanted to kind of st- stick with it and see it through. So I haven't done a bunch of the side stuff. It does seem like uh, the some of the later game encounters would be easier if you take the time and do the side stuff and you know go explore and get some get better yeah. equipment. Mm-hmm. I definitely did not have any problems with the game later on because I was doing so much side stuff. I always had like an excess of XP to spend and an excess of money to spend, um, but. So if you don't know, the game is, is set uh, with Kratos and his son, uh, Boy. And <laughs> uh, 
basically their their overarching goal is to spread their mother's ashes on the the highest peak. Um, and the story is the story basically evolves from that starting goal. But the a big part of the game is just the relationship between those two characters and and the other characters they meet, but primarily the father and son relationship. And it's so well done. It, like I don't want to say it reminded me of The Last of Us, but in the fact that it had an interpersonal relationship between two characters, mm -hmm. it, it definitely did. Um, and it, it goes from there. And the combat is like, it's. Have you played previous God of War games? I have not. That, you, you segued right into my next series of questions. Yeah. So it's a little. It's it's pretty different than previous God of War games. Previous God of War games were very. Uh, it was like a very high looking down third person perspective. A lot of fast-paced action, a lot of crazy spectacle set pieces. This is a lot more like close in. It's a little over the shoulder, kind of the same perspective as like Resident Evil Four, mm -hmm. a little further back. Um, and it's primarily focused on like your axe and your bare fist as combat. And uh, there's a lot less enemies and a lot more focus on like meaty punches and and cool moves and things like that. Um, and and based on what I've seen, pretty much every enemy is more difficult. Yeah, on, on an individual level to defeat than in previous games yeah, because that, that one seemed like it was very much like racking up a count. Yeah, the, you, you'd be fighting like, combos. like 30, 40 enemies. Slower. You'd be fighting like 30, 40 enemies at, at a pop in, in the previous games. In this, it's like, you know, three to seven enemies okay. total. Um, and even and, and when you hit those higher numbers of enemies, it does get really hard. But um, it's it's a good... It's a good balance of challenge. Between the challenge, you're doing things like exploring and looking for collectibles, and those collectibles will have you doing some light puzzle solving. It's never like super difficult to, to figure it out, but there are some, some definite times where you're looking around for the solution, and when you find it, you get that like aha moment, and you get a reward for, for exploring. Um, so if you, like, if you like third person action games and you want a good interpersonal story, man, I, I can't recommend it enough. Do so, I mean, you're kind of, Touched on something I wanted to ask. Like, do, is the is the experience lost if someone has not played previous games? Like, how how versed are you in the so universe? So I hadn't played previous games, and I went into it. I didn't feel lost. I think there are some moments in the game that are more powerful if you've already been on a journey with Kratos and you you have been through some experiences with him mm -hmm. previously. But I didn't going in. What I knew was. Uh, Kratos killed his pantheon <laughs> previously. Like he he went after all the gods and and destroyed them because they they did him wrong. Mm -hmm. Killed his wife and son or something, wife and child, something like that. So he was revenge. He was just mad anyway. about stuff. He was mad about stuff, uh, and so he had you know he killed his last pantheon and then moved here. And they don't read like the the how he got from there to here and settled down and started a family. Mm -hmm. They don't really like go into that. Okay. You know, at yeah. the beginning, you the just set, the setting is Norse start, mythology instead yeah. of Greek mythology. Okay. Yeah. So you just start out. You're living there. You you've got a son. Uh, wife just died. She's she's already dead. Um, yeah. And that's where it starts. Okay. And then you sort of learn more about the family and such as you go. Okay. But you you're not gonna immediately be like I don't yeah. even know who anyone is referring to. Yeah, here. I, I would actually say that I had a little bit of expectation that the game it didn't disappoint, but uh, there were some things that I thought I you know when you think of God of War you think of uh, if you play the past games you think of like big spectacle set pieces like bosses as big as mountains uh, like just constantly it, basically every level or or whatever it was was one-upping the last one like you, you fight something big and then you fight something even bigger and crazier and bigger and crazier and it would just like it would keep going from there uh, and this game uh, has a more like level-headed approach okay. like, you're not fighting as grandiose enemies and uh, it's not as much of a spectacle but it's a lot more personal um, and he, so having those expectations was a, was a little not a negative thing, but it definitely changed my experience a little bit. Yeah, Ben actually just sent me a, a Polygon article here that says that they claim that the seri this game may be better if you have no previous experience with uh, the franchise. Right, like, like it doesn't have any expectations to change. Right, right. And, and yeah, the, the, like I said, there are some changes. Uh, and they're not, it's not a bad thing, it's just, it is different. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, overall, gameplay is really solid. Mm -hmm. uh, I suck at it. I'm gonna, you know, yeah. be upfront with that. We have very different experiences with the game that yeah. way. I was primarily doing story stuff, so I was constantly hard up for XP and for money. As far as like, if I'd go to try and 
craft new armor or unlock new skills, I, I was constantly running out. Mm -hmm. So it, uh, I didn't have everything unlocked until the, the very, very end, basically. Yeah. And I felt frequently underleveled compared to what I was fighting. And if I had taken more time to do some side stuff, I probably wouldn't have felt like that. But as a result, pretty much every <laughs> combat experience was a difficult one for me. And part of that is because I probably suck at it. Uh, I, I, it's a lot of the enemies are pattern memorization. Mm -hmm. So each enemy has a certain number of different types of attacks, and as you get encounter more powerful enemies, then maybe their uh, their attacks will flash a certain color just before they hit, and then you know if you can block it or if it's about to break a block. But they'll they'll do something that tells you they're winding up for a certain type of attack basically. And so if you're good at that sort of memorization, then, you know, okay, they just did this. That means they're about to execute this. I need to dodge this way, mm -hmm. or I can block this, or I can't block this. And so the, the better you are at that, I think the easier the combat's going to be. Yeah. And I, I, had, I was actually surprised at the difficulty early on. Uh, I was dying like a, a pretty significant amount. Um, and that was unexpected, but still a fun. And that's just yeah. on the regular difficulty. Yeah, it's four on different the, on the regular difficulty. Okay. There's, uh, there's easy. There's just like give me a story. I don't know how easy that is because I. It was a, a point of pride not to step down to it even <laughs> when I was having a hard yeah. time. Uh, then there's the the regular mode. There's a difficult mode, and then there's a mode called Give Me God of War, and it's in red. So I didn't touch that one. Nope. I might go back at some point and try it, but um, yeah, I was surprised early on at the difficulty. Uh, and it did take a few hours for me to get accustomed to the, the combat style, uh, be able to sort of manage all the tools at your disposal. And then uh, in addition to that, I got more powerful gear and got more experience. So I got more skills and became a more powerful like god of war. So does this mean that the Norse gods are more powerful than the Greek gods? Well, you're fighting mostly Norse trash, uh, not gods. So Norse so, trash is so more yes. powerful than Greek gods. Yeah. Uh, and and we're at the very, historically, we're at you've the heard very it here least, yeah, in, in time. At the very least, they're underlings. Yeah. So it so. seems like it's very well uh, received. I'm looking at the Metacritic here for God of War, and it's currently sitting at 95, Which, based on 93 yeah. critics. Yeah. So it's uh, now the number one PS4 exclusive of all time. Really? As Even far above as, Horizon as far as Zero Dawn. Goes above Horizon. I think it's, Horizon is a 93 or 94. So still very very high. Well. That's wrong, then. The only PS4 <laughs> game that's rated higher is GTA V. And that's, you know, not first-party and it's multi-platform. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn's got an 89 on Metacritic. What? Interesting. Interesting. Um, if you liked, like, the, 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 the Last of Us, how it had banter between Ellie and Joel, mm -hmm. um, this game does that as well and does it so well. And it fills all of the times that, like, you think that it might be boring to travel from point A to point B, there's some interesting point of conversation. Like, it keeps you fully invested and sucked in. I loved it so much. Yeah, and they'll sometimes use that to uh, fill in gaps in the lore or mm -hmm. in the in the world building. Sometimes they use it to build on the relationship between uh, Atreus, I mean, boy, and Kratos. And, uh, you know, just there's some byplay between the characters. It's really great, too, because Kratos is this sort of old world god type personality, very gruff, very serious. His priority is on teaching you to survive, boy. And to be like, Atreus. Uh, I always call him, want to call him Atreus. <laughs> I, I think it's from, was Atreus the character and was he one of the sons in Myst? Anyway, I don't, I don't remember. Um, Atreus. And uh, he'll be like, uh, Atreus, to me. And, the, and Atreus just goes, yeah, yeah, I'm coming. You know, he's just like this, this cute, normalish kid uh, with old, old world god dad, and so that that it's a good, it's that a good dynamic is is a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah, and works. the uh, Atreus helps you in battle as well, which is pretty cool. So he's not your heavy fighter. Been saying Atreus is a character from Mist. Okay, there we go. That might be where I just that is locked in my brain. Uh, I also have to. I always have to mentally check between uh, Kratos and Thanos because I always pronounce their A's wrong. I'll be like, I'll be like, Kratos, no, that's not right. <laughs> and, I'll be, and I'll be like, and Thanos, wait, I don't think that's right either. I don't know. I've swapped their A's in my brain somehow. So it's, I always have to stop and think about it for a second. But uh, Atreus will help you in battle. He's he's uh, archer, so he has his his bow. He normally stays further back in combat, but you can command him so, to shoot a specific target mm -hmm. if you're trying to 
shock them or freeze them or distract them while you deal with someone else. And then he'll occasionally hop into combat and help to disable an enemy really quickly so that you can wail on them without them being able to get their guard up, things like that. And uh, as you're, it's cool there are just, you know, this kid has moods as well. He's a young boy, he's going through a lot. And when he gets moods, it affects what he does and doesn't do in combat as well. So that actually plays out. Really Is there like well. a mood meter, or like how do you measure that? <laughs> no, but it's it's all it's all handled verbally. Okay. So it's just the as you know their their relationship. Uh, it, you know, is evolving and having ups and downs, and they get in arguments and that sort of thing. It just it changes how they fight together as well, okay. which I thought was a really cool development. Yep. Yeah, definitely. But uh, overall, yeah, yeah. We, we when we talked about this game yesterday, I was like, I don't have a whole lot of critiques. Yeah. The they do some stuff with the controller lights Apparently uh, that are pretty bright. You can dim those, yeah. but by default they're pretty bright, and you want to manage the light level in the room if you can, okay. because you know in a lot of games you're like, oh, everything. I'm just going to immediately turn all the brightness all the way up. Mm-hmm. You, it's difficult to do in this game because you lose a lot of detail if you do that. Gotcha. So you don't want to turn it all the way up, but then you might get glare on the screen and you can't see the dark stuff. Gotcha. So controlling the like, there's just so much variation in the light levels that you want to control it as much as you can. Uh. And that's not even like a, a proper gripe with the game. <laughs> it's just light levels in your room. Mm-hmm. It's not a, that's not a gameplay criticism. Yep. And uh, also, there's a lot of Metroid-ish elements to it. In like the, as far as like collecting like, upgrades? You'll, you'll see a yeah. door or something you can't open, and you know, like, I'll come back to it yeah. okay. eventually. So there, there is some retreading of previously covered territory. If you're not into that, I can see how that would be pretty annoying. I like it. But it's I also found that when I went back through areas with different abilities, those areas played out differently. Yep. And I didn't have to keep solving the same puzzles over and over, which yeah. was helpful. That's good. Yeah, the game, the level design in the game is pretty incredible as well. Yeah, okay. and lot, lots of variation. I was worried it was just going to be snow and mountains. Right. That was going to be I it. mean, that's all you really see in the commercial. Right. Uh, but there is there are a lot of pleasant surprises in terms of the overall design and the, the, like the areas that you see. Yep. Uh, cool. And it's the kind of game as well that... Uh, you know, we're, we, if we're dancing around some of the details, it's because a lot of it's fun to just discover. Yep, that's what I think. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of times in this game I had a smile painted on my face just for one reason or another, but there's a lot of good surprises. Yeah. Brady like watched surprises. me play most of it. Oh, did he? Because, yeah. I kept trying to get him to, to play it, and at first he was like, I don't, I'm not really interested in God of War games. It's not really my genre. I don't care all that much. And I was like, yeah, but... And then he watched it, because it's pretty. Yeah, it is. And then he got more and more into it, and he's—I think he's going to play it now, just from just from seeing it. Cool. And also because I'd be like, "You need to play this." But yeah. This is a great game. So big fan. Let us know if you're going to be uh, if you're if you're playing it, if you're checking it out. By the time this episode comes out, it will be released everywhere, so everyone can get hands on. You ended up pre-ordering a special edition of your own, right? No, I was going to, and I decided that would be a dumb purchase. <laughs> What? Because I already own the game. It would be a waste of $60 of my $150 value. It's just, but I, I'm st- that, I still but, have it in my cart. I'm still thinking about but it. But you it's want just, the other stuff in that cart. I want, yes, right? I want the statue and all the little knickknacks. You're I don't know that why I want you. that stuff. Yes, I don't know why, but I, I want it. So I'm still thinking about it. All right. Yeah. All right, well, let us know what you end up deciding to yeah. do. Well, right. if you buy it and it's a physical copy, you can just give it to your friend Gus. Totally. It's true. That's true. This I mean, it'll, be a, it'll be a work expense then. <laughs> What's the last physical game you purchased? The last physical game I purchased, I actually remember this, it was um, uh, Dead Rising 3. You know, it launched with the Xbox One because I wasn't prepared for the digital future of downloading games. So I bought it and I was like, oh, this was stupid. I could have just downloaded it. Dude, I, I've been, every time I, per- I, I bought Horizon Zero Dawn in a physical copy because I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't want to wait. And, uh, Download it that night, so I just went out and bought it. And when I went back to play it like a few months ago, I couldn't find the disc. So this is a nightmare. Uh, but yeah, I think that was the last one I bought, and mm. Persona maybe too. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what the last game I bought it. it not, I know it's been years. It might the last game we might have purchased physically, and this wasn't even me specifically, but might have been the collector's edition of Fallout 4. Not for the physical copy of the game, but for the stuff that for came the with it. Boy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, I did buy that. That was after yeah. Dead Rising 3. I bought that also for the, the Pip-Boy. I, one thing I, I do wish they would do is just let you buy collector's editions with a digital code. 
That would be cool. They mm. do that sometimes. They do. Though. They do. Yeah. They do. And sometimes it's third party bundles. Sometimes it's dumb stuff, though. Like you still get a steel book and no game. <laughs> right. I think that, what was it? Battlefield, or was it Battlefront 2 that did that? Or Battlefield 1 or something? One of those games. I think it might have been Battlefield 1. Yeah, one of those games did something stupid like that. Destiny 2 did that too. Destiny 2, uh, yeah, there you go. That's not that long ago. No. Well, they made a lot of dumb decisions. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, all right, let's move on to talking about some of the current events that are happening with the news. All right, a couple of things in the news. Uh, one of the big things that people have been talking about is uh, Bethesda's rumored new IP, Starfield. Ooh. We talked about this the other day. We did. Yeah. So the the Starfield thing, uh, have, have you heard of it? Do you know much about it? Yeah, someone's like, ah, it's in space. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty accurate. So in, uh, in 2013, Bethesda trademarked Starfield, and that's all anyone really knew about it. They renewed the trademark in 2016, and now it's rumored they're going to reveal Starfield this E3 for release this year. Because right. doing, uh, doing a same-year announce and release Seems to be Bethesda's new MO. They did it with Fallout 4. They did it with Dishonored 2. Did they do it with Prey? I'm not sure. Mm, I don't think it was as fast of a turnaround with Prey. I don't remember. Okay. Hmm. But they that seems to be the direction that Bethesda has been heading in. So if they announce it this year, it makes sense they would release it this year. Yeah. And, or, you know, within a year, I don't know, maybe we'll make holiday. Holiday is definitely our assumption. Though they do like to release a lot of games and in the holiday period, and they'll release an app to go along with it. Uh, and this is their uh, the rumored new IP from Bethesda Game Studios. So not Obsidian, not Arcane, not one of the not. They're not. It, they're not publishing it. They're developing. It. Right. Right. Yes. It's 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 in house. Yeah. So that would be the same studio that made Fallout 4, that made Skyrim. Right. And so trying to figure out what this game might be, it's all speculation right now. We don't really know. Based on the name Starfield, we assume space. So we don't know if we're talking like a Warhammer skin on Elder Scrolls or you know, what that would be. But what what would you want out of a space-based Bethesda game? I'll be quite honest. I will play pretty much any Bethesda RPG that's in the same vein of uh, Elder Scrolls or Fallout. Uh, but if it was in space, I would probably want uh, multiple planets to travel to. Like, that, And that's, that's sort, such a hard thing to do, but something in the, in the vein of like... Uh, like not No Man's Sky, but the ability to fly between planets and, and things like that is very important to me. I said I wished that uh, it could deliver what No Man's Sky promised. Mm, that seems like a lofty yeah. hope. I mean, I, don't, I feel like... I don't necessarily know that I need infinite planets no. or anything. Uh, I believe Skyrim did do some sort of procedural generation with uh, some of the, the caves the and things that you could explore. So they have but. the roots of procedural generation, but I don't know if they can, if that's scalable to full-on planets. Sure. I mean, well, but I guess, I guess for me, the at least having different planets to travel to, even if it was like you you picked it on a map and travel and fast travel there and watch the ship go, and you would just have a, a zone on a planet you could be in. I would like just the ability to, for them to have multiple settings that were so vastly different from one another because they're on different planets is what I want. I agree. I think if you're going to do a space-based game, the appeal of that is that different planets are all very different from each other, yeah. that you're going to get a lot of different landscapes, a lot of different experiences, different types of enemies that'll be on the different planets, because I mean, they're all enemies, assumingly. <laughs> no uh, friends, only enemies. <laughs> only enemies. Only I mean, attack. Giants that launch you into the air on every planet. Maybe different planet factions. That seems yeah. like the appeal of space. If you're in space and you can't go to a bunch of planets, why... <clears throat> why put it Why put it in space? Right. Yeah. Right. Definitely don't want the game set on a space station. That's what I don't want. I, I, what I said was, what if you have a space station that you travel around in? That's no. What about it's like you have a spaceship? You create a base then. Your oh. space station is like create like base creation. That's sincere. Ah, man, I don't I don't necessarily get down with base creation. Even in Fallout Four, a game I loved and played hundreds of hours in, never built a base really. I built very rudimentary like turrets. I built <laughs> one, I yeah, I built like one thing. I was like, that was an experience. Let's move on. Yeah. But they do seem to have the tech. You know, yeah. they, they've built that cool. system, so that seems like something I, they'd be able to use and doing your own space station or space base yeah. would be a, a pretty solid way to execute with that technology cool. for I, this genre, I think. I also built a garage for all my power armor. Well, yeah, yeah. sure. 
Do you I just I just used the existing garage that was sort of like an overhang carport. Nah, made my own. Yeah. Well, just an overhang, huh? Your armor. I just kind of like let. Armor my, doesn't deserve any better than no, that. No, I just let my I put took took all armor I didn't want and just took it off in the in the in the grass or what was left of the grass and it stayed on my lawn. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> you're like that house in the neighborhood that everyone hates. You got a car up on you cinder like a, blocks. A, a sideways ladder in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I would like from a Bethesda game in space is the level of lore we get with Elder Scrolls. So uh, for Bethesda stuff, I'm much more uh, an Elder Scrolls player than a Fallout player historically. Are you just are you just into fantasy more than sci-fi? Usually. I'm, I'm too. Usually I like sci-fi, but if I had to decide between the two, I would go fantasy more so, yeah. probably. And Fallout, it's, it might be the, the post-apocalyptic thing. I actually really love the art style and, and presentation of, it's, what is it, diesel punk? It's like, I thought those, it was like retro-futuristic kind of. Yeah, it's retro-future, but there's a name for that specifically, because it's not steampunk or anything. It might be considered Diesel. Punk. We're getting like really into yeah. niche genres. Well, sure, but it's I, I love that presentation and that style and everything. But uh, post-apocalyptic is is more hit or miss for me, setting-wise. It's cool that you can see actual like realistic areas and that they use settings that you're familiar with, but twist them around right. in in new and interesting ways, and that's pretty cool. But historically, Elder Scrolls is where I started. And so for me, it was like that's the base, and then I expand into Fallout a little bit. But uh, I love the depth of lore in the Elder Scrolls games. I started playing with Morrowind, and a lot of the books that you can find in Morrowind, and a lot of the the lore and history and, and such is is in the games past that too. So they're able to build on their library of lore. In Skyrim, I can find books and texts and stuff that are in Morrowind as well, because it's all it's all the same world. It's all building along, and it's it's. Consistent, it gets deeper and deeper every time. Hey, if you wrote the book once, you may as well reuse it in another game. Well, look, some of them have <laughs> skills, man. Got to read all of them. Got to, got to read them all. And well, I think that's like you. I mean, that kind of speaks to the advantage that like a series like The Elder Scrolls has, because it's been around for a long time. So that yeah. lore has been built over decades. Where something like this, I would say, probably isn't going to have that level of depth initially, because. They're just having to create it all out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious to see what that will look like. But I, I do think they do a good job of having lore that, like, they've got a world and it's interesting and it's cool, but you just, you can discover so many other things if you uh, are sit down, sitting down, looking around, reading things, um, I, and trying, to, and trying yeah. to get more out of the world. I do hope that the game, uh, if it is a space-based RPG, I hope it's not as dystopian as uh, Fallout. I hope, it's, I hope there's... Some some nice sci-fi stuff. You want some Star Trek as opposed to yeah, exactly. <laughs> as opposed to like Fallout. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like sci-fi made a shift somewhere. It started out with the Jetsons and everyone's gonna have like flying cars and living on crazy planets, and then at some point it became, this is what happens after the world ends. Yeah, I think. I <laughs> or think after we destroy the Earth. As we got closer to the year 2000 and we realized that all of our future dreams weren't gonna happen in the year 2000, it's like, oh fuck! Well, the future is gonna suck. The future's like now, but worse. Yeah. Let's not be optimistic anymore. <laughs> right. Like I think that was kind of it. Like you hit that milestone and you realize, like, oh, it's not as cool as we thought. Yeah. Yeah. So at, at some point there was a shift, but I do like optimistic sci-fi. I like the idea that live, like, here's what all this crazy cool technology could do for us. Yeah. But if it's peaceful and without conflict, there's not really a need for heroes either. Yeah. Then that's, so. that's not much of that's like playing the Sims then. Right. <laughs> so I, I you know I, maybe not as dystopian, but it's gotta have some problems that we can fix. Yeah. <laughs> some problems that we can fight. Well that's how you fix things, yeah. right? If, if we learned anything from from video games and this week in particular is a grumpy daddy week. Because we got the release of God of War, and uh, this is also the week that um, Yakuza 6 is releasing in the West. So it's all about grumpy daddies. Does Labo come out tomorrow? Labo is out tomorrow. There is not, to my knowledge, a grumpy daddy in that. Okay. Gus is the I just Did you forget? Labo. I forgot. I, I'm really excited now. Did you Sorry. get your stuff? Did you pre-order it? I pre-ordered it. I guess I should check and see if it's going to ship. Sorry, I'm distracted now. I think we're going to do a, a build-along stream tomorrow. We should have tomorrow. Labo Funno. I think we can do that. Uh, also happening in the news, uh, Nintendo has patented some new hardware that they're working on. Mm. Now, this may or may not go anywhere. Patents. Arriving tomorrow by 11 p.m. Get your shit together, 11 Amazon. 11 p.m.? What? That's ridiculous. 
Uh, is it coming to the office? Yeah. Then it'll be here before that. All right. Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be okay. fine if it's coming to the office. <laughs> hey, we could build your set. They deliver to businesses earlier than residents. Ah, so. Okay. Um, new stuff besides deliveries. Uh, aside from Labo, although that's going to be a lot of fun and we should definitely play with it. We should do that. Uh, Nintendo's hardware, they've patented this idea of screens where objects can move between them, screens that communicate with each other, okay, basically. It. We're not sure, it's all, what it could be for is all speculation, obviously. The patent was filed last year, but was published this, like, just, just, uh, just recently, and... So we don't know if this is going to be a new iteration of 3DS, that, that, if this is if they're already working six or seven years ahead on another generation well, of they, console they have hardware. They stuff with Tamagotchi, man. You could like link up with your friend's Tamagotchi, and your guy could go over to their screen. It's fine. Well, they also had with the GameCube. There were the link cables. Yes. You could the send stuff. Dreamcast at the VMU and yes. Sonic. You could grow your little chow yeah. on your VMU. Yeah. So the, you know, there's been a, a history of communication between different objects but this one's pretty crazy like you can uh, put screens together and objects will move between them seamlessly so I, I one like of the examples in the patent was a multi-screen pong yeah i felt like there were some examples that were laying the groundwork for this in the labo announcement trailer where you saw like actions coming from a controller then moving onto a screen or going from a screen like that so i feel like it could be an extension of that where you see something just go in between two people playing, even a Switch maybe, side by side. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's a cool idea. The, what makes me think that it could be basically what they want to do beyond uh, 3DS, because I've, they've been very clear that they're continuing to support 3DS, that mm -hmm. the 3DS is not going away. It's everyone's favorite Hardware part of, uh, of Nintendo Direct is the 3DS segment. Right. Yeah, it's great. No. Seeing all those games that aren't coming to Switch, but I want them to. Yeah. Yes, there's a, but I do feel like it's got to start to wind down at some point. Mm -hmm. And then the question is, are they going to be switch only for hardware or do they try to find something else, some other niche for a purely handheld platform? And this seems like it could be something they do. The patent shows at least two screens all the time. So mm. if you want to take it as an evolution of 3DS where, mm -hmm. you know, or the, you know, the, the dual screen setup, or if it's going to be intended primarily for on-the-go multiplayer between people, or maybe both. Maybe we can, you know, hand one off to your little brother or friend or whoever and be playing something while you're, like, in the car. Mm -hmm. Or do single-player stuff and have the two screens working together. Yeah. Seems like it's uh, interesting. It's, uh, it opens ideas up for new types of gameplay, new styles of gameplay. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious to see. I have full faith in them. I know I doubt Nintendo sometimes, and I think their ideas are stupid, and then they release it, and you're like, no, that was actually smart. Yeah, well, I mean, you, cool. you did pre-order Labo. I did, yeah. And that is one of their more out-there ideas. I love it. I just, I love that it's stealth teaching kids STEM. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe I'll finally learn how to code. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it on my resume. <laughs> Proficient with Labo. <laughs> Six years of Labo experience. <laughs> See if anybody calls me out. Uh, and then the, the final thing happening in the news is uh, the Danish government has weighed in on the loot box as gambling. Mm. Uh, and they have determined it's gambling. Mm. They're giving... So I'm going to look up the exact details here. And, Let me and find you know, them. it's like the old saying, as Denmark goes, so goes the world. So it's is, setting, is, a, yeah. setting a, a huge precedent yeah. here for, uh, for international law. It's a joke. That's not a saying. I made that up. No one called me on it. I'm disappointed in them. This is me vamping because I know Ashley's looking something up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, job. hold on, let me look really quick. The best is vamping this? is when you point out that you're vamping. That's oh. how you know that you're experienced at it and that you're really good. And then when you look away from camera because you run out of things to say. Okay, so this is from the Gaming Authority. Um, here's a summary. Um, the Netherlands Gaming Authority has completed its study of loot boxes, also known as crates, cases, or packs. Loot boxes are a type of treasure chest that are built into a growing number of games. Loot boxes in games create a mixing of games of chance and games of skill. Although the outcome of games is determined by skill, the outcome of loot boxes is determined by chance. Players... Players usually has to pay for a loot box. The prize that they can win with loot boxes may also have a monetary value. This fact gave rise to the question of whether loot boxes are permitted on the grounds of the Betting and Gaming Act. Uh, and the Netherlands Gaming Authority was also interested in whether addiction risks are associated with opening loot boxes. 
So here's the findings. The study revealed that four out of the 10 loot boxes that were studied contravene the law. The reason is that the content of these loot boxes is determined by chance and that the prizes to be won can be traded outside of the game. The prizes therefore have a market value. Offering these types of games of chance to Dutch consumers without a license is prohibited. So they are giving companies two months to change the games. Their rationale so, makes a lot of sense. Well, so they're saying that the, the items in the game have value outside of the game, but what about, like, that doesn't pertain to every game, does it? No, this says that it was four out of the ten that they studied. It says, uh, the analysis that are currently available indicate all of the loot boxes that were studied could be addictive as yeah. well, so that's a concern for them. Loot boxes are similar to gambling games such as slot machines and roulette in terms of design and mechanisms. There are, however, no indications of loot boxes being opened on a large scale by problem players and or addicted players. Socially vulnerable groups such as young people are being encouraged to play games of chance. So I wonder I wonder if that means that uh, like Danish versions of the games will have alternate methods to unlock whatever's in the loot boxes. And if they're just essentially going to end up with the better versions of the games we play. Oh, and there's going to be a black market for <laughs> yeah, the Danish yeah, version. Everyone's yeah. going to want to import that. Yeah, or maybe it'll just set a precedent here where everyone's like, well, I want the Danish version. Please just give me the option or, to get the Danish Or they'll version. just stop selling those games in Denmark. I think True. that's probably more likely. Yeah, because it's, it's difficult to say here's just the... the. Also, did you say Danish? I said Denmark. Oh, okay. I, I said they would okay. stop selling it in I, Denmark. I think I, I think Danish. I think Danish and Dutch are very different things. I thought you said Danish to begin the. Sorry, no, they're Dutch. They're from the Netherlands. Oh. They're Dutch. Oh, uh, you said Danish. you said Danish at first. Yeah. My bad. My bad. Oh, so it's the Dutch it's, then. It's the Dutch. It's, Dutch. it's okay. uh, the Netherlands Gaming Commission. It's the, it's the Dutch. Oh, my. I, I heard I heard Danish once and I went with it. I'm sorry. That is entirely on me. Uh, but. Uh, because so many of these games, the majority of games that do this are online games, it's difficult then to, how do you, how do you balance? Yeah. We don't have this feature available, but then how is it fair for everyone? So more likely, they just won't officially distribute. That's, dis that's disappointing for Danish. I think it, for Danish. <laughs> you see, you're, you're screwed now. Yeah, Sorry. For the Dutch, for Dutch Sorry. players. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, it would take more countries adopting this judgment as well in order to make enough of a dent or one in country, the market. America. Yes. Basically they need to get a, a large percentage of the game playing population. One of those countries would need to crack down. Yeah. Uh, right now the US has not had that much luck with it. I know the there was the a politician in Hawaii who was looking to introduce legislation, but that hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, this is the kind of thing as well that can take, depending on the government, years. Yeah. The fact that the this uh, Dutch one went so quickly is and surprising. I'm curious to know, you know, I don't know enough about the way that this this question works. I know nobody here can probably answer this, but I'm curious to know how that relates to EU law. You know, since um, is there like does that influence any overall EU regulation and will that push the EU to adopt it to where it's not a, an issue in the Netherlands but an issue in all of Europe? Just something to think about. Again, I know that we probably can't answer that question here. That's why I'm not talking. No, but it might take one to start it mm -hmm. and then a couple others to say, yes, we agree. I think there were a few studies done by other countries in the EU mm -hmm. that uh, at this time determined that it's not specifically gambling. Okay. So it's hard to figure out which way other countries will fall, like which, which side they'll fall on. Gotcha. But regardless, this is the first country that's basically said, you can't do this. Okay. And honestly, it's hard to tell what the gaming industry is going to do. Loot boxes are worth a lot of money to the industry, mm -hmm. but there's also been a significant backlash against them. Right. So yeah. we had a, we right, had a, right now they're kind of, no, no, even if they're purely cosmetic, in very few instances are they well received. Right. We, we had a, a little bit of like a backlash when we said that we'd rather pay like 80 bucks to get the whole game than have loot boxes at all. And people are like, well, I don't want to pay 80 bucks. I want to play 60. But I also don't want loot boxes. And it's like, I don't know if, like, I don't know if the gaming industry can support that. Well, what I've seen loot boxes do is they're kind of replacing the season pass model. Right. So a lot of companies, and this, and Battlefront 2 was doing this as well, as they said, we're going to have these loot boxes and microtransactions in here. But all of the feature content will then be available to everyone. That's how they're funding that instead of people buying a season pass. So that way the player base isn't fragmented 
in terms of who can play on what things. I'm sure companies like EA and Activision that have a lot of these big multiplayer games with multiple uh, with multiple map packs and such that they release over a period of time saw this fragmenting of their player base and that it can be damaging as well to people who do buy the map packs because there are so many people who didn't buy the map packs that then they're in a smaller pool of potential players right. for these other for this content that they paid extra money for yeah. and not the best experience. So they said, hey, what if we do this instead? But yeah. uh, that's not that doesn't necessarily make loot boxes the right answer. Right. It doesn't also, it's not a good solution for single player games at all. No, like Shadow the of Shadow of War. Yeah, mm -hmm. you, you ran into that. Yeah, I mean, right? I, and the, like, I, like I think I talked about this before, previous in Shadow War, so I'll just mention it very quickly. It was fine for the most part until you got to like the last part of the game. And I was like, oh, this is obviously the tacked on part to try to get you to invest in loot boxes. And I think they're actually removing the loot boxes, I think, next month from Shadow of War. Oh, they are. Uh, it's, it's next month, it might be, yeah, it's June or July. They did announce they're removing the loot boxes, but then does it mean they leave the right. grind? I wanted, I, now I'm curious today? to know how, that, how the end is gonna work now. Uh, so yeah, they're- They're retooling it, they're making it smaller. They're making they're it making smaller. smaller. So they're gonna so make it- Okay, so they're gonna thanks, Justin. So they're gonna make it a little bit less grindy. Yeah. So the which indicates that it was. They knew intended. it was right. Yeah. So they're gonna remove the ability to spend real world money on game gold will be removed for good on May eighth, and gold war chests in the market will be permanently removed July seventeenth. Well, it's good to see that at least some <clears throat> capacity companies. This is a little late, but like Shadow of War is removing them and. Uh, Battlefront 2 is at least making changes that are favoring gamers' requests. It's good to see that, like, we're getting some movement on... Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll agree, and I liked Shadow of War, but the game's been out for six six months. You know, they definitely got... Yeah, they got... They, they got, pumped their money, and yeah, now they're, yeah, they're they, removing they, they, it. Yeah, they got what they could, and now, now the cash flow has stopped. Like, no, we'll, we'll make some good faith. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't really think that... The, the the loot box microtransaction model has any place in single player games. No. But then you're also getting companies that are just removing the single player part. Mm. So uh, the new the Call of Duty Black Ops Four just not gonna have a single player campaign. Yeah. Uh, have they talked about this? Is side note: Have they talked about uh, microtransactions or DLC for God of War? No. I'm curious. Uh, I, I don't think that game would have microtransactions, but I would. I can definitely see it having DLC, and I would totally pay for that. G according to. USGamer.net, I'll see who they're sourcing, citing for that. God of War has no plans for a DLC expansion at the moment. All right. Yeah, so nothing that they've announced. Which I feel like they yeah. put out, I feel like they put out the complete game. Dude, I don't feel like there's feels... any part that's, uh, like in, in Mass Effect Andromeda, it was very clear that some Quarian Arc DLC was planned. They made references to it in the game. Like, oh, the Quarian Arc's gonna be here any day. Or like, hey, it's missing. We're looking for the Quarian Arc. Have you seen it? And it was enough of a feature that you were like, I feel like this is gonna be in there. They've planted seeds, but it's not feature complete. Gotta work so, full uh, uh, so Gotta work 100%, yeah. I'm reading the article that I just cited from uh, usgamer.net or usgamer.net, and it's a quote from director Corey Barlog, uh, says he has no plans for DLC, and his exact quote is, I like to tell a complete story and include all of my ideas from the start. And it, it absolutely feels that way. The game feels complete. I'm, I'm only saying that because like the game, not that not that it needs more, but it like you could easily see players wanting more uh, after the you know fifty hour journey to completion of that game. Yeah, I mean it's certainly enough fun that I, it would be great to even explore more stuff in that world. Yeah. But I also feel like that might be the job of future games. Yeah. They did say that there's room for additional God of War games after this. Cool. Yeah, there's yeah. Boy of War. Boy of War. And then he's going to hit puberty, and then he will be the next Beard of War. I was going to say Pube of War, but Beard of War sounds better. Yeah, sure, Pube of War. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Could be any of those things. Yeah, it's marketable. Yeah. All right, uh, I think that about wraps it up for this episode of Glitch Please. So uh, let us know if you're planning on playing God of War, if you've already picked it up and you're playing it, and if so, what you think of it. Uh, would would love to know your thoughts, uh, as well as on all the news, the 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 Dutch, not Danish. Uh, I got it. Uh, ruling the, are you going to play Labo? We want to know that too. Yeah, let us know what you're going to play. Play your, God of War. We'll, we'll play, play Labo, Labo tomorrow. It'll be great. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll do it. We'll Labo do tomorrow. Okay, great. and oh, with that, <laughs> we're going to wrap it up. Thanks everybody. <laughs>